0: Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. This podcast does contain occasional strong language and adult themes. If you are averse to spoilers for the film that is listed in the title, please tune out now, go watch the movie, or, like us, stop at the intermission, watch the movie, and resume the podcast after. Thanks for coming along on this ride with us. Please enjoy.
1: You once said that uh, you like to make an audience scream through technical means. What is it about an audience screaming that you like? Now, those are the kind of questions uh, that the film buffs like to ask. They expect an awful lot of the sort of material that I don't tell anybody. And it was a nightmare. It was an eye-opener. Ignorance, sheer ignorance. You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I don't have any problem with enjoying a big blockbuster. I'm not a fascist of those art movies which when they are over you are glad that they are over and then you celebrate it just as a kind of a superstitious measure I will talk about it so that I don't have to see it again or whatever so in a way our, our broadcast was an assault on the uh, credibility of that machine we wanted people to understand that they shouldn't take any opinion pre-digested and we shouldn't swallow everything that came through the tap we had uh, Orson Welles, Albert Hitchcock, John Ford, Howard Hawks, Roman Polanski. We had uh, Antonioni. We did, it was unbelievable time to listen to these guys talk.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike. And today I'm joined by my good friend, a celebrity, in fact, AJ. Hello, what's up? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm doing uh, pretty sweet. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. It's an honor to have you here. I'm starstruck, frankly. <laughs> you
1: know what? It's an honor to be here, so don't feel nervous at all. I'm Cool. I'm pleased to be here.
0: Uh, I'll try not to be nervous if you promise you won't be. Before we get into talking about the movie that we're, I'm going to go into here, whenever we do this... Uh, I asked my guest what their something movie adjacent, right? To get an idea of where their headspace is on movies. So I wanted to ask you, what are your three favorite movies? They can be current favorite movies or favorite movies of all time? Easiest question anyone's ever asked me. It is
1: in order, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1, and then Chicken Run.
0: And then, I, <laughs> and
1: then I can keep going or we can just leave it
0: at that. If you want to just keep going, that's great. But I'm, honestly, I massively respect uh, <laughs> the chicken run pick as number one. Because oh, that yeah. is solidly one of the... It's the best stop motion movie ever made.
1: It's, it's so good. I don't know how more people don't talk about that movie. It's awesome. But then like every time... Like, nobody talks about it a lot, but then every time I tell somebody, like, oh, yeah, Chicken Run's, like, my favorite animated movie, they immediately are, like, dude, what's up? Let's be, like, best friends. <laughs> like, everyone loves that movie, I feel like, but no
0: one ever talks about it. <laughs> That's true. I, I was going to ask you, was what's your favorite, like, animated film or something like that? or oh, yeah. Not even animated film, but just, like, claymation film, but there really aren't that many. And I'm, like, I know that there's a bunch out there that I like. But I think honestly, the the one that I would always come back to is just Chicken Run. Oh it's yeah, so good,
1: definitely. And that that and like a bunch, pretty much anything Ardman has like ever made is like,
0: oh yeah, like amazing. I mean, so I'll good. still unironically watch like all of Wallace and Gromit.
1: Dude, right? All day. Every it's day. so good, dude. I have like paid for Amazon Prime just to watch Wallace and Gromit because they're all on there. <laughs> it's like so it
0: it's never not funny. It's hilarious. Cool. I dig it. I have massive respect. So <laughs> so your other two though were what was it? Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2.
1: Yeah, Spider-Man 2 is the number 1 pick ever and then Spider-Man 1 is number 2. Yeah. I
0: dig that. I I definitely if I'm going to pick between the two of them, I'm definitely going to go 2 as well.
1: Yeah, 2 is great. I tell people I tell people all the time and I'm like I say this with 100% sincerity I joke around a lot, but this is not a joke. I am 100% serious when I say that after Spider-Man 2, they should have just quit making movies. (laughs) Like, after that, they just peaked, and movies should have just ended. (laughs) I love Spider-Man 2 that much. All
0: right, shut down the Academy, shut down all the studios. Exactly, exactly. Sam Raimi has just done it. We're going to run this for the end of time.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, like, seen, like, highly respected movies or whatever, like, Oh, yeah, I watched um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You know, yeah, I'm a serious uh, film watcher, uh, but nothing has, like... I've never liked anything more than Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Like, that movie's... I have to watch it, like, once a year, or I, like, fall into a depression. It's...
0: (laughs) It's like my lifeline. <laughs> that movie is my lifeline movie. That's that's phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, speaking of serious, great movies, we're going to talk about one today. Now, I, I will say I didn't answer the question, although people who listen to this podcast know that my three favorite movies are... Oh, I bet I, I, I can guess uh, it. Can you guess it? I, I know Casablanca's
1: one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know Casablanca. Oh, shit. I feel like an Edgar Wright movie is one of them. Am I right? Uh, no, but the, it would be on my top ten.
0: Shit, I feel like you're going to tell me and I'm going to be pissed. I'm pretty sure you saw one of these movies with me in theaters. I think we went with your brother. I'm pretty certain you were with us. If it wasn't you, it was Michael, but I'm pretty sure it was you.
1: It might have been Mike because I think the only movie
0: I've seen with you in theaters that I can think of is Don't Breathe with the blind guy. Oh, you know what? I'm getting it mixed up because you did see "Don't Breathe" with me, which that's also in my top ten. That's a great movie. It is yeah. a great movie. Uh, no, no, no. I, I saw this other movie with Michael then, so I was thinking of. I'm getting it mixed up in my mind.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll help you out here. Uh, the other two are "Old Boy" and "Mad Max: Fury Road." Right. Oh my gosh.
1: Right. I was like, I was like, these are. I was trying to remember because I'm like, these are. I've I've seen these too. Like, I haven't seen Casablanca, but I've seen the other two. And I, and I also really like them and I don't know, they just blanked out on me.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you know what? It's fair, but I appreciate it. respect yeah. for remembering at least one. Yeah. I was uh, just, I'm just mad. Cause like I've watched
1: like so many of these episodes in like rapid succession and like preparation to be here and to just blank
0: out like this is a travesty. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you know what? It's fine. I, I appreciate the hustle. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to read you a summary real quick of the movie. We're going to watch this very super serious art house film okay Australia's most dangerous hitman takes a routine contract that turns out to be anything but in this action-packed thriller full of twists and turns it's kangaroo jack
1: let's go let's go
0: from 2003 directed by David McNally starring Jerry O'Connell and Anthony Anderson my man Anthony Anderson awesome (laughs) so there's a lot about this movie. Like, I'm old enough. I don't know. Where Are you old enough to remember the, like, when it first came out in theaters? Because it was 2003. So I think you might have been a little bit young for it. I would have been, like, four years old. Okay.
1: I'm sure I'm sure there's, like, a VHS that I watched when I was a kid that had, like, a trailer for this movie or something. Because I, I remember, I know it exists. Like, I've known it's, it's existed for, like, my entire life. I just don't know how.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, your aunt did own a video rental store for a while, so oh, you know what? You might have seen it like somewhere in there. Like, I think I remember her actually having the VHS or DVD of it or something. Yeah, and I remember wanting to see it because, like, all of the I remember the trailers because it was like definitely like all right, it's this cool talking kangaroo. Yeah, that they're just playing up, and it's like it kind of looked funny and dumb.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but
0: I just never did, and I don't know why this like movie sort of wormed its way back into my brain after so many years. (laughs) I don't know what I was watching or or something or someone mentioned it on Twitter and it was some dumb tweet. And I'm like, man, I've never seen Kangaroo Jack. I have to do it for the show because it has to be, it's either awful or just a gem that no one is like remembered. Yeah,
1: I'm personally really curious because I know it was like, it is notable enough that I'm pretty sure, didn't it get like an animated series?
0: it got an animated sequel. I don't know if it got an animated series as well, but it did get at least a sequel that was animated.
1: Yeah. I feel, I don't know. I feel like there's enough in this movie. I'm sh- I'm sure there will there will be enough in this movie that there's like something to talk about. I don't know. Yeah. It's well, just an enigma to me.
0: It, it is. So let me let me I guess start off cuz we'll go into trivia a bit and maybe that'll like springboard a bit of this because some of this is wild, man. Mm. So we'll see how you do on this. So question number 1 an extensive amount of Foley was used in the film. What was the hardest sound for the Foley team to recreate? Was it a platypus burping? That's A. B. Camels farting? Or C. Dingoes sneezing? I don't know. You hit me with the first one. That's
1: like a, what platypuses like. Burping? Yeah, Burping, yeah. And I was like, well, I guess they don't do that. So that must be pretty hard. And then camels farting. And dingo
0: sneezing? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I'm going to go with A. Just not even thinking, just go with A. Platypus is burping. Uh, You're wrong. It is B. Camel's farting. Really? Yeah. Apparently on the DVD, they have an entire featurette about them trying to figure out how to recreate the sound of camels farting. And it ended up with them getting so frustrated that they couldn't figure out like how to get the right sound that they literally just started like shoving microphones right at their butts and then eating a whole bunch of like beans and milk to try to just have the wettest, loudest farts possible. (laughs) There's like a whole like 20 minute featurette on this particular thing. Wow.
1: (laughs) People with like a fart fetish must like love this movie. That sounds, that has to be like the most intricate, like, hard like like well-produced like fart fetish video i've ever heard of that's
0: it's just so like it's so out there it's like oh yeah we're trying to recreate camel farts for this movie about a talking kangaroo what yeah (laughs) what even is this are there camels in
1: australia i'm only just now realizing this are
0: they are there are there any there it took me a minute but i'm pretty sure that they are i don't think they're not think they are they're native, and if they are, I think it's a specific species. Because you've got the ones with the two humps and the one with the one hump, and I think that the I think that the one with the one hump might be native or semi-native, but I'm pretty sure it was a like thing that was introduced like at a certain point. Oh, okay, and yeah, that makes just wild sense. now. Yeah, like I think like rabbits there too were like that sort of weird thing where it's like, oh yeah, we just r- introduced rabbits to this ecosystem that has no clue about them. Oh, and yeah, and they just overran everything
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I read about that once. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah it's just Australia is just like the sandbox game of the world it
0: is well I mean it it is literally because it doesn't exist and it's just code like (laughs) yeah (laughs) I've never seen it I've never yeah I've never seen it the accent sound fake as hell (laughs) and like everyone that's from Australia is like some sort of weird caricature of a human like they they're not real (laughs) yeah exactly I you unless you can prove to me in no uncertain terms that Australia exists I will simply not believe in it it's true true it's like the moon like really what what evens up with that you
1: telling me there's there's rocks and shit up there okay buddy i know it's cheese bitch <laughs> i saw wallace and gromit i, I know saw, it's dude cheese. i saw wallace and. all right i've seen a grand day out they go
0: and they eat the moon and you know what it's bad cheese too so you can't fool me <laughs> cool well let's see if you can redeem yourself here so number two question number two jerry o'connell had to do what for filming reshoots? Was it A wear hair extensions? B lose forty pounds. Or C pretend to not have a broken leg. Wow. Um Jerry O'Connell which one's Jerry O'Connell? Jerry O'Connell's the white guy. Okay. That's uh, he's what I the thought. one I don't know have you you've seen um I'm trying to think of anything else that he's in. He's in a lot of stuff of that era, but like what's the thing I saw him in recently that I went back and I watched again? Uh Piranha 3D. He's the oh, yeah. scumbag like Girls Gone Wild producer from piranha
1: oh, 3d oh yeah oh whew, i haven't thought about that movie in a long time it's a good movie <laughs> yeah I, like rewatching
0: <laughs> it it's got everything you want in a movie frankly
1: <laughs> okay i feel like losing weight would make them the most sense for like an actor thing you know because I, I i can imagine he's like working on a movie after this one right that he has to, like, gain weight for it for some reason. And so they ha- he has to lose it again. I can see that happening. He doesn't have very long hair, does he? So I can't imagine hair extensions would be would be the one. And then broken leg, I mean, you're in Australia. Somebody's bound to get
0: hurt. I'm going to go with my gut and go C. C, pretend that he did not have a broken leg. You yeah. are wrong again is what? hair extensions. <laughs> hair extensions? Yeah, I, I. he got his hair. Like, he had, like, not even that long of hair. Like, it was, like... You know, probably a few inches long, but it was kind of like shaggy. And he like got oh. it all cut off right after.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Um, after and, the camel farting thing, I just assumed that it was the craziest
0: one. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because I think Patrick thinks that I'm like mind gaming him constantly on these. It's it Most of the time, it's just I'm just trying to figure out the the craziest trivia and then match it. Yeah. And so half the time, it's like, I'm not even trying to mind game anyone on this trivia. It's literally just, you know what? What sounds just as crazy but plausible? Yeah, yeah. And in this case, it was like... You know, like the point of trivia. Is yeah. you got to trick them somehow. Exactly. So... I know at some point, like I'm just going to do like all C's on something. I think I've done that once before on an episode. And then like, someone's just like, it can't be C can it? Or or were you mind gaming me? (laughs) But no. So, so yeah, Jerry O'Connell, they had to do some reshoots and he got hair extensions, which I find is just like this. You know, it's like when you read the trivia for some of these things, sometimes it's like, Oh, that's a really cool bit of trivia. It's like he had to get hair extensions. That's, That's the dumbest trivia that I think I've ever read, but it's just, it's just so stupid. Um, anyway, so you are, you're over two here. We got one more piece of trivia and I'm going to see if you can, you can get this here, right? Uh So the original script was written for a mature audience with sex, language, and murder until producer Jerry Bruckheimer decided to shift it to a more family friendly film. What was the original title of the movie? Was it A, The Kangaroo Killers? Was it B, Murders in the Land of Oz? Or C, Down and Under? I feel like I know this one. But I also thought
1: that it was like a masturbation joke. Like Kangaroo Jack, Jack Off or something. I thought it was, I don't know, for some reason in my head I thought it was something like that. I'm going to say it's the last one. I'm going to say it's C. C, Down and Under? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You've redeemed yourself. Oh, let's go. You got, you got one. There you go. go. I was like thinking in my, I don't know how I know this, but I was like, it's a sex joke, right? I know it's a sex joke.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's just cause you said like, maybe it's just cause you said it when you were asking the question. Oh, I don't know. Well, so it's, it's one of those things too, where I would want to see that movie because you know who else is in this movie? Christopher Walken. Really? Yeah. He plays like a mob boss. So, the basic plot of this movie, and I had no clue until I started looking at the trivia and just, like, actually looking at the synopsis, the real one. Yeah. One of them, I think Anthony Anderson, is in deep with the mob boss, right? And so mm. he has to deliver an envelope to someone in Australia with $50,000 in it. Which seems like a weirdly small amount for, like, like taking to Australia for someone, like, yeah. for a mob boss. Like, you'd think it'd be more, but... I don't know. So he gets his buddy, who's played by Jerry O'Connell, to come with him, and the whole movie is literally based on a stupid, dumb urban legend of college students going to Australia, hitting a kangaroo with their car, and then covering it up with their like letter jacket, and then the kangaroo waking up and jumping away with the keys of the, the Range Rover. Right. That's the whole. The whole movie is based on that. Like urban legend, right? Oh,
1: okay.
0: Which I never heard the urban legend before. Yeah, me neither. It, it's just like one of those things. Like, it's like, oh, it's like a dingo ate my baby. Like, did it really happen? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Dingoes are everywhere down there. It's, I believe that woman. Like, yeah. I mean, if your whole country is a simulation, yeah, anything could happen. Really. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like this urban legend probably happened. Great. But the whole movie was based on that. Uh, except originally it was conceived as this hardcore mob movie where there was like sex violence gore like people getting murdered and then Jerry Bruckheimer's like you know what sells to people talking animals. Mm-hmm. And then like so this is the this is the thing and, and I'll say here. So Bruckheimer was influential in the way that this was marketed. So I don't know if you know but like you, cuz you remember like the the trailers and everything and all the marketing around it, right? At least a little bit like In general terms? Somewhat, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I have like a vague memory because I was pretty young at the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was kind of marketed as like a weird, not family-friendly movie, but like a family movie where it's like you have this kind of edgy talking kangaroo. Yeah. Apparently, pretty much the entire like trailer, like if you watch the trailer, which I did recently, is a lie. It's almost completely just like... Really? It's all like false sort of like advertising where they like had more features of talking kangaroos than there were apparently like i guess the kangaroo only talks like once or even if at all in the entire movie yeah which is kind of ridiculous the trailers were so unrepresentative of the movie that there was just a ton of backlash when this came out because critics were like this isn't the movie we were promised at all what is this so it came out being more like a, instead of like a family friendly, like comedy, it mm-hmm. turned out to be more like a, like sort of a, in the vein of like, not like a, cr- like a crass sort of humor, sort of in the vein of like, oh, it was coming out at that time. Like, this is a little bit after that, but like the scary movies sort of parodies and all that. Oh yeah. Like to the to that vein. Yeah. It's sort of it from what I understand in that vein. Okay. So I don't know. That's kind of funny. Like that They have just all this like deception in the trailers. That Bruckheimer is like, No, we have to have it like this, let's, let's do <laughs> yeah. this because, like, man, I want to see that other movie,
1: yeah. That's that makes me like really curious now because, uh, you know, that's always that, like, that's how I've envisioned like Kangaroo Jack now, just because I saw the trailers for so long and I never like saw it as a kid. I just like, Oh, yeah, it's a kangaroo that talks and he like wears cool shades and, and stuff. I don't know, he's on the on the DVD cover, you know, that's what it's yeah, about. And he raps. Yeah. Uh, apparently. He, yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure the animated sequel is a lot like that too. Like he actually, I don't know, by some like magic or something, he just talks. now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's also the thing. Like, I don't know if there's like any sort of like weird magic. Like I imagine for him to like talk, there's probably some sort of weird Aboriginal magic happening. Cause that, that seems, that feels like that would be the thing. Like, okay, we're going to go do this thing and then all of these weird random things happen because we're in a wacky place that doesn't exist yeah exactly (laughs) and then and then haha magic kangaroo talks the kangaroo yeah the kangaroo talks yeah or like they get like high and then they think the kangaroo talks i I would be very disappointed if it's that you know Uh, yeah i think you might be disappointed (laughs) i think i might be disappointed because
1: i'm pretty sure that's i think that's what happens in this movie is like they that's when the kangaroo talks okay i don't think they get i mean they don't get high because it's like a family movie but like something like that some like weird trippy like dream sequence happens and
0: yeah they probably do like yeah it's like oh they're not really getting high they're just doing some sort of aboriginal thing which is just getting high off of like mushrooms or something probably yeah 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 (laughs) probably I don't know what I what I feel about this movie because it's just one of those weird ones that's just so out there for me. I don't really like comedies that much, which is kind of the thing for me. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, like, comedies in general? Because, like, I don't really like comedies, but this seems so out there and weird that it could be something that's just bizarre. Because I tend to like more bizarre comedies, right? Yeah. More than, like, oh, you're Anchorman's of the world and the, I guess... Your generic Will Ferrell comedies like Step Brothers, like, they're fun to quote, but, like, I don't like watching them, you know?
1: Yeah, I I guess so. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever, like, gone out of my way to watch movies that are comedies. Because I think the ones that were, like, really popular when I was, like, a teenager, like, growing up and what probably, like, influenced how I feel about them is, like, stuff like Zoolander or, like, XXX, like, Adam Sandler movie, whichever one. Yeah, and those never really looked interesting to me. Well, actually, Zoolander was sick, but that's besides the point. But yeah, (laughs) I I think like I think like uh, growing up, like comedies with like Adam Sandler, like one of his like fat friends who like yeah something like that, the the kind of stuff that would have been marketed toward me did not look super interesting. And so since then, I've never gone out of my way to watch like like a strictly like comedy movie i I mostly just find myself watching movies that are about something else but you know aren't just about like the comedy you know like 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 your edgar Wright movies like those are funny but that's not
0: yeah they have they have other angles to them like, yeah
1: yeah exactly i mean you
0: can watch Shaun of the dead like you know and people say like oh yeah it's a great comedy but like realistically it's one of the best zombie films out there yeah definitely like like if you just look at it and yeah and uh hot fuzz same thing like it's one of the best buddy cop movies that's out there like it's like current generation of like you know post-2000s buddy cop stuff like obviously if you go back and look at lethal weapons and stuff like that like it's not even that far off because those movies were kind of stupid in how like silly they were it's just they took themselves they took themselves more seriously. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like the whole Edgar Wright stuff is like, yes, we know we're making a good action film, but we also know that we're making something that's silly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think and I think that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. I feel like that's just like spoiled me. Hot Fuzz is like probably like my one of my favorite like comedies like ever. But, you know, it's about like other things, you know. There's like a bunch of characters with like wants and needs and stuff as opposed to like Zoolander, which, you know, I don't really want to like disrespect Zoolander in any way because I love that movie but like you know there's not a lot going on there it's just about like how silly and ridiculous can we make this you know and I mean there's nothing wrong with that it's just never personally appealed to me I guess yeah
0: I I like to have a nice story with my in my movie because if I'm gonna sit down and I'm going to um, watch a movie and commit to sitting down for at least an hour and a half, right? Yeah, I want it to be worth my while, and I've mentioned this before in in another episode um, on Caddyshack, which is why I absolutely dislike Caddyshack because it's just so dumb, and there was no point to any of it. It's like the story yeah. was so disjointed. I didn't like it. Like if I'm, but if Caddyshack was a TV show. Like, oh yeah, I would watch the hell out of it probably oh, because yeah. the TV show, like, you know, something stupid, like, um, one of my favorites currently is like Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you can, <laughs> like, I wouldn't watch a Bob's Burgers movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like,
1: I mean, that, that's like a more episodic TV show anyway. Yeah. You're like, it doesn't really matter like what season you can just like pick it up wherever, which, which is nice. It's like not trying to like be anything else. It's not, okay, well now it's trying to be a movie, but like. Yeah. I don't really care about like I'll I'll take it as a TV show because it's nice and short and compact. And yeah, I mean sometimes it has some kind of like emotional ending, but that's just like that's just, like, an icing on the cake on just a show that I think is funny. Yeah, you know? well,
0: it's like when they did, like, the whole Simpsons movie thing. It's like, why?
1: Like Yeah, it's like, why bother? Like It's like,
0: I, I get that you're trying to cross over into this other, like, media, but, like, why? You don't need to. You're the Simpsons.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, I guess, that like, kind of, like, relates to, like, even other conversations, like, adapting books into movies or video games into movies. It's like, it works fine already in the medium that it's in. You know, why would you want to change it? Because you're just, you're kind of yeah. out to, like... You're kind of out to like just screw yourself, you know? Yeah,
0: I think it's more so with um, with video games than anything else because obviously it's it's the meme now is that if you make a video game movie, it's gonna suck.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> I can't think of any video game movie that was truly great. I think the only the only movie that was based on a game, and this isn't even a video game, right? the best movie that was based on a game is probably Clue. Oh yeah. Have you seen, you've seen Clue, right? Uh, I've seen, I gosh, I saw it forever ago, but yeah, I, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, I saw it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that movie is like what I think of like, oh yeah, you could base something on a game, but Clue is such a weird, like, like they literally just took the names and like the yeah. mansion and the setting and like the, the things. And they're like, all right, we're just going to build something around that. Whereas something like, it's more story-driven, like... And I say story-driven, and the first thing that I'm going to say is really something that's inane and not story-driven, but, like, Doom. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it is, like, a linear shooter that has a story, right? Yeah, yeah. A semblance like, of one, yeah. Yeah, semblance of one. Like, Well, you, I
1: mean, I'm sure there's, like, there's like books and books of, like, lore, if you want to be, like, a nerd about it. But, yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> I'm sure. But, like, you get all those, all those other games that are just like that, and it's, like, you, you have to be so linear with it. And you have to, like... You take the thing out of what makes a game a game which is the choice of I'm going to go this way and this door is going to get me killed because I'm going to go through here and hit the wrong thing, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like you take that out of it and that just takes the magic away, I feel, from the game. And I I think that that's, for me, that's what comedy does when it's in a movie is that if there's too much of it, it just doesn't hit right. I got to have something to sink my claws into.
1: Yeah, totally. Something Um, to ground myself. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm going to ask you sort of a tangential question because this is also sort of a thing that I had thought about this movie and have you seen the movie Suicide Kings? No, I don't I don't think I know what that is. So Suicide Kings is a movie that came out I wanna say late late nineties. It was starring Christopher Walken and Sean Patrick Flannery. And you might recognize Sean Patrick Flannery from he was the he played opposite of what's his face, uh, in Boondock Saints, Norman Reedus. Oh, shit. He was, he was the other dude in Boondock Saints other than Norman Reedus. I didn't know
1: Norman Reedus was in Boondock Saints. Oh, so, dude. Yeah, my my age is really showing here. I've okay. never seen that movie.
0: Okay, that that yeah. was one that like everyone when, because I'm like just barely like of the generation right before you, like just by not a lot, but I am. And that was one that like, oh, you watched Fight Club, you watched Boondock Saints, you watched those like movies right there, those yeah. ones you watched. Uh, if you were, like, you know, just a dude in college, right? Oh, yeah. But anyway, Sean Patrick Flannery and um, Christopher Walken, and, and uh, I'm trying to think of who else was in this movie. It's going to drive me nuts. But I, those are the two main characters, right? Uh, and Christopher Walken also plays a mob boss in that movie, right? Now, mm-hmm. in that movie, and there's going to be some mild... will um, give you a little bit of mild spoilers, but basically, like, they kidnap him, right, as the mob boss. Yeah. And then the whole movie is meant to be basically this this whole, like oh, it is this thing, but then it isn't. Ha ha, we pull the rug over your eyes because there was a surprise at the end, right? There's a twist. Yeah. I can't shake the feeling in my gut that Kangaroo Jack is going to surprisingly have some sort of element like that, but on a more comedy bent, right? Yeah. And I don't know why that is, and it might just be my mind associating Christopher Walken in these movies together. Because every <laughs> yeah. time I see Christopher Walken, because like, uh seven psychopaths he's kind of that same like he gives me that same vibe and i get christopher walken whenever he's in he's like he's always the man yeah but i get that vibe from this movie that because he's in it it lends this weird gravitas to it that i might be unfairly attributing to it
1: right? <laughs> yeah well i i'm already guessing that like when he shows up it's gonna be like the best part of the movie. It's going to be it's gonna be elevated, like, so hard. But, yeah, I feel like, I mean, they got to do, like, something crazy or else, like, or else, like, what's the point, you know? The only stuff I remember being in this movie is they're just these two, like, morons, like, dicking around in the desert with this kangaroo, like, just kicking them around. So, I feel like, yeah, when they get to that point in the movie where, you know, it's starting, to, you know, the climax... And Christopher Walken shows up, and he's there. Like they got to do something crazy.
0: And I don't know if he's gonna be there at the end or the beginning or where, because I feel like you're right. It's probably gonna be just disappointing the rest of the movie until he shows (laughs) up. And if he shows up at the beginning and never comes back, it's probably gonna gonna be. I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's that's like that's like part of it for me. It's like I want. I, I haven't seen. I'm so curious of how this movie goes. And I'm and I've been waiting to see it for so long that like if like something crazy has to happen or I'm going to be so disappointed, you know. Yeah. Like it has to be memorable. Like I want it so desperately to be. So I'm. I really want him to like be in it a lot and just they just they just have fun with just him being there. They they just show him off as much as they can. I I
0: would love that. I'm skeptical about that happening, but for some reason, like I said, I in my mind, I want it to be like. All right, this is like like a, a funnier version of suicide Kings. Like let's go. I love that movie. That yeah. was really fun. It was a good romp. I, I I won't say romp. Cause you know, suicide Kings is kind of like, I don't know if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend seeing it. I'm not going to get any spoilers here because, um, that movie is very much dependent upon like, it's one of those twist movies where it's like, if you know the twist, like it's not quite as good. Oh yeah. So it's just, Suffice it to say that Sean Patrick Flannery and a bunch of his homies kidnap mob boss Christopher Walken and keep him tied up in this, like, old thing. And it's, like, a psychological, like, mind game between them all. Okay. So, it's fun. I This is... Kangaroo Jack is definitely not going to be that, but I, I wish it was. <laughs> I desperately want it to be that, but with a kangaroo. Like, just this weird fever dream. Yeah, yeah. Of this psychological thriller. Like, I guess... I don't know. Um... What's that movie, uh, with uh about Hunter S. Thompson? Fear and Loathing. Yeah, I, I I just get this vibe that it could be Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but just marketed oh. to kids.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that would be so good. I feel like, um, I remember there was this YouTuber I used to watch. I remember him saying once that I only like to watch like really great movies or incredibly bad movies, and then like movies that are like mediocre don't really like do it for me. So I kind of have the same attitude going into this is I just I want it to either be like genuinely hilarious or just so off the walls, like nonsensical that I'm just attached to it for life. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really curious which way it's going to go. This I just is... I just hope if anything, it's not like middle of the road, like mediocre,
0: forgettable, you know. Yeah, that's where I fall too. So we, I guess unless do you have anything else to add to this whole conversation? Anything you want to add on Kangaroo Jack or anything that we've made? Any points? I
1: I don't think I got nothing. No, I'm just praying that Jack suits a, a does a does right by us on this journey. All right,
0: <laughs> I'm I'm hoping to. Fingers crossed. So without further ado, let's rate this what we think it's gonna be, and then we'll go on and watch the movie and we'll see how right or wrong we were. I guess. I on guess on a scale of Zero to five Snake Plisskens. Snake Plisskens, yes. What do you think?
1: I feel like uh, if it if it really is everything that I've hoped for and it's as ridiculous as it is, I will unapologetically give it five out of five Snake <laughs> Plisskens. <laughs> and if it's not, I'll probably give it like 1.5. That's okay. what I'm guessing. That's the real... That's what I'm guessing it'll be,
0: like okay. 1.5. Okay, so 1.5. All right, you're hoping for a five, but you're thinking 1.5. All right. Yeah. I, man... I really think I'm going to come down on the same side as you. It's probably going to end up being a two. It's going to be almost just good enough. And there's going to be some good moments. And then it's just going to really disappoint me. So I'm thinking probably maybe a two. Although that's probably probably generous, frankly. Probably, yeah. That's probably generous. If it falls that short, it's probably going to be like... It's definitely not going to be higher than a two. But I'm hopeful that it could be more.
1: I think if this movie comes out the other end of like its weird zany production that we were talking about, like at least kind of like charming and like weird, I f- I feel like there's a way it could come out of it with like a two. It just like has its own charm to it after everything it's been through.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, I think I think it could, and I think that that might be where it ends up because there's you know there was all the studio meddling with Bruckheimer, there was all the like you know, the, I think a lot of people were butthurt originally about it. And I think that's why it kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Because man, it's hard to find a copy of this movie anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Oh my gosh. It's, it really is. Especially since like, you know, most, most like video rental places have gone out of business. It's like, all right, well, where are we going to find it now? Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what it is. I guess, uh, without, with that said, uh, we'll see you on the other side. In 1983, I was the starting pitcher in the Little League World Series.
1: I struck out 16 Taiwanese All Stars. To this day, the people of Asia call me Song Luk Dong, which means big black man, pretending to be 12.
0: First, you steal my package, and now you're on the fine resume, it.
1: I put the money in the jacket, and the jacket on the kangaroo,
0: and now you away. <laughs> friend feels they pocketed the 50 G's. Maybe they figured it out. My stepson configured a cheese sandwich. If they spotted him, they'll pump it into my problem.
1: The lady I told you about at the wildlife office. The epileptic? Yes, she works with animals, and I bet you anything she can help us catch, Jackie Le. I married your mother, promising her that I would raise you as my own. You chose not to take the Maggio name. They did not complain. And when you had to go to beauty school. Their fathers early in life often do. I did not snivel at your intentions, did I?
0: I'm out here in the back of
1: pulling my canker after me. ears he in heat strike. I was busy that day 20 years ago on the beach too, man. But that stopped me from saving the skinny little white kid from failing and surf. Nah, Charlie, you know, I stopped what I was doing. I just grabbed my stuff and I jumped in and I saved this poor little white kid.
0: Four and a half million
1: you cost me. Were you anybody else? You'd be dead by now.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host Mike, and I'm here with AJ. Hello. We're back from watching Kangaroo Jack. Man, I have very mixed feelings on this movie. What do you, What do you think about it? I was I don't want to say
1: pleasantly surprised, but surprised that I laughed as much as I did. I was also just weirded out by a lot of it. I think the well, I think I was I was laughing because I was weirded out.
0: Yeah. so to give you an idea um, from where we were in the first half you rated this a tentative 1.5 out of 5 Snake Pliskins. I was giving it a tentative 2 mm-hmm. I think I was also and I will say I'm hesitant to say pleasantly surprised but I think it was it was a much more charming movie than I had expected yeah like, it I wasn't guess. it wasn't laugh out loud funny all the time like it clearly had those sort of early 2000s sort of humor that you get in a lot of films mm-hmm. like it it was run of the mill when it came to the humor right it was yeah. like there were some things that were funny some things that weren't like the camel farting stuff I mean that I mean, you can't not laugh at fart jokes but like I think even <laughs> that went on a little bit too far sometimes it yeah I, like yeah it's like uh, there were too many farts there I think that's the moral of this whole movie is that it could have actually been a really great solid film but i think they took certain shticks and and like carried it on too much like yeah specifically the kangaroo
1: yeah like, i f- i felt like so much of this movie was like trying to pad out a lot of it you know yeah. like i felt i felt like they were getting nowhere fast and the uh, kangaroo scenes
0: are definitely good reflection of that where just nothing happens yeah. at all yeah <laughs> Like, if they cut out a lot of the scenes with, like, the cgi kangaroo, if they would have just been like, the kangaroo has my jacket, and that's the MacGuffin that they have to follow, right? Because yeah. that, that's, honestly, the name of the movie, Kangaroo Jack, is named after the MacGuffin of the film. Yeah. Like, it is the, it's the glowing item in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. You're not meant to know what it is. Like, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> the thing that the, that the characters have to, like, get so that they can, like, you know, not die, right? As it turns out in the end. Mm. But, like... They spend so much time on the stupid MacGuffin and like, oh, we're going to put in an extra shot of the kangaroo here. They're chasing him around again. Yeah. Instead of like these other scenes of them like actually like, all right, we're going to learn, you know, them with the, the girl that they eventually find where it's like, we're going to teach you how to make bolas and try to catch the kangaroo. Well, yeah, that was a cool scene. But then they went and they like tried to catch the kangaroo. And then there was like gratuitous shots of kangaroo And then there is, like, you know, the the sort of, like, hallucination where it's, like, you know, that's where you get all those scenes of the talking kangaroo from the trailer, right? Oh, yeah. Where it's, like, 90% of the trailer is bits from this one little scene where they're hallucinating, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what made me angry is that I wish that it would have either, won they would have not had, they would have basically just had the kangaroo and every once in a while had a shot of him, like, we can't get him, that rascally rabbit, he's gone. Mm -hmm. Or if they would have doubled down and, like, the kangaroo is actually a talking kangaroo like a la like the francis the talking mule movies where it's like oh no he just actually talks because this is Australian and things are weird yeah yeah <laughs> right he gets the jacket and suddenly just he's so
1: he's like drippy as hell and he just talks now
0: <laughs> yeah they just tried to give this kangaroo this drip and it wasn't working yeah and, like,
1: <laughs> i will say that's one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie is when he's like just chilling out with other kangaroos and he's just looking fly as hell. <laughs> that is the best <laughs> the scene of him. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. In the movie? I would have just kept that one and then cut all the others.
0: <laughs> yeah, where it's like, you're just like, oh, it's just this comedic bit where they're like trying to get whatever. And then they just like quick cut over here to kangaroo. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fly. And then you cut back <laughs> yeah. and you don't show anything else. Like, that would be that would be much better. Oh, yeah. I'm very torn on this movie because it was... You had a lot of cool stuff in it. Like, the first, like... What is it? Almost half an hour of the movie goes by before they're even in Australia. Not, not half. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about a third of the movie. Yeah, yeah. About. But, like, it's this backdrop of you're setting up these two characters who are clearly friends, right? And, you know, a la, like... And, you know, the one saves the other. Anthony Anderson's character saved Jerry O'Connell's character when they're kids and he uses it to, like... Oh... You know, you need to be my friend because I saved you once. And it's like that shtick that that Danny Kay has in White Christmas where, you know, he saves Bing Crosby's character in The War, and then he's like, oh, you need to, you need to, like, do what I say uh, because, you know, I saved your life one time. Yeah, yeah. It's that whole shtick, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that O'Connell and Anderson work pretty well off each other. They've got good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And then you add in, like, the whole mob stuff, which is Christopher Walken great amazing like i he was i wish he was in it more but he was in it more than i had expected
1: yeah definitely his henchman guy too
0: michael shannon
1: oh yeah dude
0: i didn't realize it was michael freaking shannon
1: dude i i realized it immediately and i was like isn't he in like what is he doing here like i like to imagine christopher walken just called him up and i was
0: like dude let's do this together like it's like because like michael shannon michael shannon you're an you're an actor you are a (laughs) thespian what are you doing in a movie called kangaroo you're in a movie opposite and as much as you know like i got respect for my boy anthony anderson like like you're in a movie opposite you know jerry o'connell and anthony anderson who are the protagonists like what are you what are you doing my mans (laughs) yeah
1: it was super (laughs) jarring for me to see but like their
0: scenes are like kind of the best ones yeah so good and even like when when like you have the scenes and I I very much appreciate that they cut back a lot to Michael Shannon like navigate like following them Yeah, Yeah, like those scenes were just such a good counterpoint because he is such a he's such a good bad guy in this yeah he's solid
1: especially after like the movie has like slowed down so much when they're just looking for the kangaroo when he finally shows up to Australia and like the chase like really gets started it's like oh it's like a breath of fresh air it's like finally yes
0: yeah you start getting like this sort of fatigue of like all right they're taking the kangaroo bit a bit far yeah (laughs) Uh, when is it gonna stop and then he shows up and it really does bring life back into this otherwise like just dying film
1: yeah because now that now that we're talking about it it feels like this kangaroo thing should have been like a shorter bit and like a much larger movie but now that that like one bit is supposed to carry this entire comedy, and so it's it gets really rough toward the end there, and then I, I think finally when they like introduce a new element, it like it feels much it's so much better.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and as much as I have to say like I don't like shoehorned romances because the the um the the romance between Jerry O'Connell and uh what's what's the girl's name is uh I can't remember her the 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 character's name is it Jessie. I feel like that's uh, I think right so. i think so yeah estella warren who's who plays jesse that's right okay um uh, so estella warren like i think her character was actually like very great because it was funny because she's the actual i feel like protagonist almost of the movie for a certain point yeah because like jerry o'connell and like anthony anderson they're kind of the damsels and she's like all right i'm gonna take you under my wing i'm gonna like she's actually no she's more their sensei right yeah
1: yeah like that's a that's and then a one, yeah.
0: and then at the end like Jerry O'Connell finally discovers that he actually does have testicles and then decides to like I'm gonna be the hero of this action movie at, at this point it does become an action movie like, yeah yeah a, a traditional like save the girl action mm-hmm. right which is I mean it's not necessarily anything to write home about As far as the action that happens It's it's a pretty good like There's like this really good Mexican standoff With like Jerry O'Connell, Michael Shannon And the Australian bad guy who's also really good Martin Kasokas C-S-O-K-A-S I don't know how you pronounce that But it's Martin, M-A-R-T-O-N He plays Mr. Smith He's also a very good bad guy Yeah, solid bad guy Like I think that that's the big thing about this movie Is that this movie could have been great And it wasted amazing villains on this dumbass movie about a stupid cat that they turned into a movie about a kangaroo. (laughs) Like,
1: I think, I think uh, there's an argument to be made, uh, like a sort of outside the fourth wall kind of argument to be made that Kangaroo Jack is the main villain. He is keeping this entire movie from being as good as it could be, (laughs) (laughs) and as long as he is like off somewhere.
0: Keeping the money from them, right? Prolonging this bit. He is the villain. <laughs> so basically, what what you're saying is, is like Kangaroo Jack is like this weird egregore that has been brought to life by this thought form, and he is he was conceptualized and became a thought in Jerry Bruckheimer's mind and is just controlling Bruckheimer like a puppet. Yeah, you need to put me in this movie, Jerry.
1: It is man versus the author.
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> especially a-
1: if you think about <laughs> that last like ending scene where like. Uh, they they animate him like talking and like being like a diva on set
0: oh dude I hate that
1: there is definitely there's definitely some underlining story here where he's like screwing up the entire movie he's trying to get as much as much screen time as he can <laughs> he's screwing
0: everything up yeah because otherwise I think that this would have been a a solid right a solid gangster film that ended up being like okay. The, 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 the moral of this story, right, was that, hey, it was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Anthony Anderson and, and Jerry O'Connell finally figure out that, no, we're friends even despite the fact that he, like, manipulates me with guilt all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we, 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 we're homies. We love each other. We're bros. Mm-hmm. We're going to kiss but not really because now jerry o'connell has a woman who he (laughs) saves like even that shoehorned romance which i hate shoehorned romances it felt like it was cheesy enough in a cheesy enough already movie that it was actually like one of the better ones that i've seen like i believed it right yeah I, i suspended disbelief enough to say like okay yeah cool like they could have expounded on it they could have made it a little bit more whatever but I, I believe it more than the stupid talking kangaroo, which I think that's the backdrop of all this, is that all of the other components of this movie were, frankly, if not at least passably good, some of them great.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I I don't know. I mean, like, other than, like, obviously I think our problem with this movie was literally the, uh, the titular character Kangaroo Jack, who frankly had nothing to do with the plot of the movie other than just being the macguffin but what were things that you really liked about this movie i love christopher walken in this i think
1: i really like who's the white guy in this movie i don't remember
0: jerry o'connell jerry yeah i like
1: jerry o'connell and christopher walken how they're like at odds with each other he's kind of forced to take care of him and neither of them like each other but they're sort of benefiting off each other in a
0: way i guess yeah, because it's like, okay, so so Jerry O'Connell, to kind of give everyone, like, obviously you should have seen this at this <clears throat> point because you're listening to the second half of the episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm expecting you to, but basically I'll explain it anyway just because. Jerry O'Connell's mom, when he was a kid, like, he's a, he's a you know, his dad died and his mom basically remarried Christopher Walken. Yeah. And there's a whole point in the story where Christopher, where, where Jerry O'Connell's like, you know... Uh, You know, he got me this thing for my birthday, and I told my mom that he was cool, and so she married him. I should have put my foot down and said no, because I'm a chicken shit. But it turns out that, hey, he's this mob boss. Like, he's the most powerful mob boss in New York. Yeah. And so Jerry O'Connell sort of goes through life being, like, the second fiddle to this guy. Like, he can't get out of his shadow. But at the same time, Christopher Walken has to keep Jerry O'Connell alive, because otherwise his wife, who is very precious to him clearly will you know either you know want to leave him or divorce him or something so they have to have each other there right yeah yeah they have this like weird symbiotic relationship which is actually very cool and well done yeah that's that was
1: easily the most like interesting part of the movie to me and like even at the beginning where they're like talking and christopher walken is said is saying like all right here's what i'm gonna have you do you're gonna go to australia blah, blah 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 They even have some like good one liners. There's this one where Christopher Walken is like, you told me you want to, you wanted to be like a hairdresser or something as most boys do who you lose their father at a young age. <laughs> <That> <laughs> and was... I, and
0: I didn't question you.
1: And I, I like laughed out, loud. La- their dynamic is so good. It's so yeah, funny to me. I,
0: that line, honestly, I was ready to not like the movie. And then that line, I think, kept me in it for so long. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think the only thing that's holding those two characters back is that I don't really like Jerry O'Connell in this movie. But other than that, like, the dialogue they have together is superb. I love that.
0: I will say in all the movies that I've seen Jerry O'Connell in, which is admittedly not a lot like he was in piranha 3d and i'm trying to even think about the other movies that i've seen him in but usually it's been bit roles right he's not the leading character he's not the protagonist generally yeah let me see what what is he known for all right so it's uh oh i guess he's in stand by me but he's a kid in that so like oh yeah uh but kangaroo jack sliders mission to mars and then man there's like just a lot of crap that he does. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I can't really th- even think of him in any other movie where he's the the main protagonist other than... And, and again, he's not even the protagonist. He's arguably the villain in Piranha 3D. And he's a scumbag in that. I think this is, like, the most endearing that I've ever seen him on screen, right? Yeah. And I don't think of him as, like, leading man material, which I think helps when you have Anthony Anderson there to kind of balance that because they work well together. But I yeah. think... o'connell by himself i don't think could be the the leading man of a film and i think in this movie he gets very close to it because at the end he gets dangerously close to being an action hero yeah that part is definitely
1: better for him definitely suits him a lot more i think just like at the beginning when they're establishing everything he doesn't come across as like a real person i don't know for a little bit i feel like he kind of gets gets to grips with his character like towards the end but like
0: in like a comedy kind of thing, like I don't really, I don't know, I don't really buy it. Just I think that story. he actually had, and I think that's part of like uh, like comedies generally how they go is that like story is not important in a comedy generally, right? Yeah. This is why yeah. this this occupies a weird space as a movie, because it's clearly meant to be a comedy, but like the story is actually important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then also, you actually do have character development, which usually in a comedy is more pronounced. Than the story itself, I would say, at least in my in my estimation, because you have movies that are I would say comedies in general, are, are closer to character studies than actual like narrative stories, unless the narrative is like the thing that is funny, right? Yeah, yeah. Or or the situation is the thing that's funny. In this case, it's a very interesting combination of both, and I feel like Char- uh, um Jerry O'Connell's character, and I think it's Charlie Carbone. He actually does go from being sort of like a a spineless nothing character yeah to being like oh yeah he's a well-rounded maybe human being i guess yeah i guess i guess maybe then that's
1: where it kind of like went over my head because like what i was trying to say earlier and i couldn't like get the words out is that he's like very awkward on screen for me i guess now that you say that that does kind of fit with his character is that he's like you know spot he has most everything he's he
0: has like handed to him uh, yeah you know well i think that too you see that because i think he feels not so awkward like at the very beginning when he's actually in his hair parlor which i think is the point like he's awkward doing anything else right and he's sort of awkward when anthony anderson's dragging him along although he's clearly having fun with it right even yeah. though he's protesting <laughs> right because they that's the moral of the story is hey you get me into all this stupid shit but it's fun i guess all these potentially felonies that i have on my record because of <laughs> yeah. like my life would be boring without you anthony anderson that's <laughs> that's the whole point because he, he is boring yeah but he's confident like you see like when they when they're like hey we're playing off each other's strengths we're we're being taken out into the desert by these goons who are going to kill us mm-hmm. that that my father-in-law said right but then what happens is he's like hey you play to your strengths anthony anderson i think his name is lewis i I believe yeah yeah. um so he's like hey lewis you distract them and he's like okay i'll distract them and then you see him like i've got my my scissors here my hair cutting scissors and he's like he feels really confident because he's like i know what to do here because i have tools i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. and then he uses his strengths to eventually overcome the the adversity to then save the girl in a relatively again like i said not spectacular but at least satisfying fashion right yeah yeah and i think that that generally speaking for me was i think that was what was most refreshing about this movie that it it really did feel like he had a good convincing arc whereas anthony anderson i think was the same the whole time but i think that their dynamic was that like they both realized that like yes we're friends because of how our dynamic works and you're much more of a real person when you are doing stuff with me. Because when you're not, like, it takes, not to get too deep into this, but I think, because I'm certain that this movie is n- did not have this in mind. <laughs> yeah. But I take from it that Jerry O'Connell goes from being this bland, in the shadows, kind of adopted mob boss kid who has no personality. And when he's with this character, this other person, it is, again, like this movie about friendship where it's like, he elevates, this friendship elevates them both to this, these people that they want to be, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole journey of this movie is showing that I can get out from underneath the shadow of my father-in-law by not just my merits, but with the power of friendship because friendship is magic. <laughs> yeah, it truly is magic, yeah. It really is. And, <laughs> and having seen multiple seasons of My Little Pony, I know this to be true. <laughs> years of research (laughs) years years of academy training definitely not wasted yeah yeah
1: yeah i think it is a good arc personally just didn't really do it for me just because like we were saying the kangaroo shit is just
0: why it really (laughs) like the punctuation of the kangaroo stuff really ruins what is otherwise again i'm not gonna say great movie but i think it would have been at least okay yeah
1: i mean at least it it works you know like I, i can see how it I don't know somebody would write this and be like yeah this is you know interesting to me or maybe that's what keeps me thinking about this movie probably is that I think it's maybe one of the the sadder things that you can see in a movie where you, like you see so many elements that are like working and there's just this one thing that is like really fucking with you the
0: whole time I don't know maybe that's why this movie is like still sticking in my head, you know? Yeah, I think that's right because like you said it had great elements. Like Michael Shannon was a great bad guy. And I think, you know, uh, Christopher Walken, those lines that he had in the movie. Yeah. Like like just the line, the f- few lines he actually delivered, which I mean it was more than I expected but less than I hoped, right? it was tantalizing it made me want more it made me like yeah. i want more of this strangely <laughs> yeah like i i never thought i'd say that about kangaroo jack but i want more of this movie <laughs> yeah. just not this part yeah right i didn't know i wanted this <laughs> like <laughs> i might have to watch the sequel i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah it, it really but i feel like the sequel is probably gonna have much more to do with the kangaroo just because that's that's how it was marketed. And I think that yeah. was the other thing too is that like the marketing on this movie is just so unfairly bad. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Because this movie was supposed to be again a mobster movie that was rated R. Yeah. With sex drugs violence and everything like that. I want to see that movie now. Like I do, I want nothing more than to see that movie. Yeah. Because this was like it tantalized me with what it could be cuz Christopher Walken as a mob boss Great, Michael Shannon as his enthor- as, as his enforcer. I can't talk. Great, great bad guy. Jerry mm-hmm. O'Connell, take him or leave him, but like his chemistry with Anthony Anderson, the subplot with the girl, even the ancillary characters, like the old man that flew him in the plane. He was funny. Yeah, that guy was sick. Yeah. Dude, that guy was funny when when Jerry O'Connell and him were like getting into like a you know, and then they were drinking in the bar. That was actually yeah. pretty funny, right? And then yeah. he got like, and they passed out. Or, and then he passed out, and then he got back up. He's like, "Oh, that's just a, that's just breakfast for me. I'm flying the plane now." Like, yeah. and then they shoot him with the tranquilizer dart. That that was actually choice, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but there was just so much that like almost did it for me, and I like so close to being good. I, yeah, I don't definitely. know. What what other thoughts do you have on this on this movie in general? I definitely agree. If I was just watching this on my own,
1: I probably would have just gotten bored bored and turned it off. But I think knowing that that's what this movie was supposed to be, like, kept me invested, like, the whole time, you know? Just imagining what that movie would have been like, which, I mean, I don't know if you can call that, like, an authentic, like, good movie-watching experience. But I think, I at least think that's, like, essential
0: when you watch this movie, is to know that. Because I think it makes it more fun. I think you're right. I think the theory-crafting about this movie, the world that it builds is actually better than the actual movie itself. Where it's, like, you think of what could be, and you kind of, like you know, go through with that and you you think like, oh man, this could have been great. Now, I I get some people are not going to think that way and it's going to make them angrier. I think in my case, I had such low expectations that the bright spots in this movie were actually, I feel like maybe felt brighter than than they would have been. If they took a lot of the kangaroo out, and I'm going to say this, if they would have taken out the kangaroo and left everything else as it is, right, it would have been a better movie. Mm -hmm. But I think that it also would have been more disappointing... Compared to the movie that you could have gotten right, whereas this is, yeah, yeah. it's so much worse right here that, <laughs> like, if you think about what it could have been, it gets more tantalizing, right? Yeah, definitely. So I think I think that that the the kangaroo in this movie works in kind of its not even in its favor. It just works in a way that like you could see like all right, compared to this these parts, the yeah. rest of it's really good. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it. I think surprised me about it, right? Yeah. Whereas if they took the kangaroo stuff out. It would have been probably like, you know, mid and it would have been not memorable, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like the fact that or we're talking about it. Or at least not as memorable. It, yeah, the fact that we're talking about it like at all, I guess is like. Yeah, the it, fact it, that we, yeah. we just didn't hit record and say it was garbage and then just stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fact that we have anything to say at all, I guess, is an achievement on its own. I guess if you're if you're an artist at all, I guess if somebody talks about the thing you made, that's probably a win, you know?
0: You could argue that that's definitely a win. Well, it's like saying like any publicity is good publicity, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could say, like, hey, what happened to the guy that did Kangaroo Jack? No one remembers his name. I can't even remember his name right now off the top of my head. But it's just one of those things where it's like, but you do remember Kangaroo Jack, right? Like, you remember that thing and you remember, oh, that's that movie with Anthony Anderson and and Jerry O'Connell. Or or maybe not even Jerry O'Connell. It's that movie with the kangaroo and Anthony Anderson. Yeah. That's how I remembered it. Because, like, Jerry O'Connell is... Let's, let's face it, he's milk toast white guy, Yeah. right? Yeah. He's just this cracker who's there yeah. along for the ride who <laughs> happens to have a, an okay arc, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have Anthony Anderson, who is like a memorable character. Of the time, he was a much larger sort of, I guess, star. He was much more memorable. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't market, though, the fact that like, yeah, this movie has Christopher Walken. This movie has Michael Shannon in it. This movie's about gang stuff they didn't have that anywhere. Like that's yeah. what you remember about this movie. And I think you're right. Like the fact that it's stuck in your mind for so long and the fact that it's going to stick with your mind are two different things, right? Yeah. Like we remembered this movie as this weird movie with the talking kangaroo and Anthony Anderson, mm-hmm. but we're going to go forward remembering this movie as that could have been a really good movie. You know, if it didn't have the stupid kangaroo, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and man, Christopher Walken was great. Wasn't he? Yeah,
1: honestly. And I mean, I was going to say that's like, you could argue that's like hardly an achievement. Like the, f- we're talking about it because we're thinking about what it could have been instead of what it really is, but
0: I don't know. I don't know. It, you know what? Here, I'm going to ask you two questions. What was your favorite scene?
1: My favorite scene? That's a really good question, actually. I have a favorite one-liner, if that works. Yeah. It's at the very beginning where they're driving away from the cops, right, in that truck, and um, Lewis is talking to Charlie, and he goes, Charlie, if, you, if we go to jail because of this, I'm going to tell him that you're a hairdresser. Essentially saying... <laughs> if we go to prison if both of us go to prison i don't care i will let them have their way with you <laughs> like that's that's where their relationship starts and i remember i paused the movie and i played it back a couple of times <laughs> and i was like essentially what he's saying is like if we both go to prison your ass is grass like, it's like i'm gonna guarantee like, that i am not the bottom bitch You will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think maybe that one-liner alone solidifies their
0: fantastic arc where they're finally good friends by the end you know i think you're right i i like that that was really good this movie did have surprisingly a bunch of one-liners like again like christopher walken where he's telling you know if a lion raises a mouse you know it's not the fault of the lion that the mouse is still a mouse you know and it's like.
1: That dude, that was crazy. That was
0: that whole scene right there was just great. I like it has a lot of really good one-liner potential. I think that really my favorite part, the one that sticks with me, where it really kind of got to the point where I just, I laughed out loud at it. It was the scene where they were, Lewis and Charlie were being taken off by these guys on on camels to be killed out in the desert, right? Yeah. And they're like being led behind and they're formulating the plan. And then they're like, can you distract them? Like, you need to do what you do best and I'll, I'll get out of here, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know, where he like... You know, becomes the action hero and he steals their shotgun. But the scene where Anthony Anderson comes up with the rock, and he tells the story about being like, you know, like the minor league pitcher. I yeah. can't remember what they the Koreans called me like Sung Dong or something like that. And he's like, you know what that means? And he's like, like <laughs> really? <laughs> and they're just they're sitting there, the bad guys on the camels, just sitting there, dumbfounded. <laughs> And then it's, it's like, so crazy. wait a minute, what's going on? And then they literally like turn around to pull the guns out. And Jerry O'Connell's there like, thanks, Sung duck Dong or whatever it is. And it's like, <laughs>
1: they, they, they do it twice. <laughs> like, Dude, yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, Whoa.
0: <laughs> I think that was the, for me, that scene right there. I think it was just the solidifying of their relationship and growth as characters, which again, surprising in the face of this adversity which then it led to that sort of Mexican standoff, which was pretty cool. And then the ending, you know, with like the cliff scene, it it was, it had a satisfying ending. And I think that honestly, if you could go back, I would almost watch this again, honestly. Like, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would almost watch it again. I think that this would be a movie that is much better, like, as a group movie. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. watch it with a party of people. Like, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to watch, you know, we're, we're going to drink and we're going to have snacks. We're going to watch Kangaroo Jack, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, we're going to get blitzed and watch Kangaroo Jack. Like, <laughs> you know, it's one of those movies where it's like that. I, I think, yeah, I wouldn't watch it seriously as a cinematic endeavor again. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But I would watch it again. I think it's fun in a sense and the group aspect of a movie kind of like one that we're watching this in a group so we can ignore the scenes of the kangaroo and make fun of it but we can be pay attention for the serious fun scenes yeah whereas if you're watching it by yourself it's like this is kind of eh, i'm struggling to like get through these scenes yeah
1: there there are definitely at least a couple of like parts like i mean the ones we were just talking about that like I would definitely want to like show this to a friend and be like, just watch this. I know it's kangaroo Jack, but like, this is so funny to me.
0: That scene that, that I was telling you about. And like, and those lines, like they are honestly laugh out loud hysterical. (laughs) Yeah. And even the parts that you think are going to be funny where it's like, you know, when we were talking about this in the first half, like, yeah, we're, we're talking about camel farts. Even that fell flat compared to some of these other moments, which you think, how can camel farts not be funny? Of course, right? <laughs> but it just falls flat because they do it too much. Yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know. Um, anyway, I do have one other question. What, and I, I have an idea about what I want to do about my answer to this, but if you had to watch this again and you double featured it, right, what would you double feature this movie with?
1: What would I double feature this movie with? Um... Maybe like one of the Alvin and the Chipmunk movies. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's that. I feel like these are the most, those are the most similar. You know? Yeah. Not, not for like any kind of like intellectual like reason or anything how they you know parallel at least plot and nothing like that they're just both talking animal movies
0: that's definitely like the we're having a party and we're getting just destroyed yeah yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah and, and we're having of, fun. turn on
1: turn on like the one of the really bad Alvin in the chipmunks movie like not the first one where they're at least like kind of competent one of like the last ones where they just like gave up you know <laughs> like they, they just quit
0: <laughs> so my answer is a little bit it's a little bit sort of on its head there. So I'm basically, I'm trying to elevate Kangaroo Jack, right? To build the world out. Yeah. And kind of like, if you think of these two movies as being related, right? You know, the hitman, the Australian hitman that basically, because the, the whole point is that they're going to pay the hitman to kill them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they're like the bagmen for their own hit. Have you ever seen the movie Kill Me Three Times? Uh, no. It is a movie starring Simon Pegg and let's see, which one of the... Hemsworth Luke Hemsworth but it was a movie from 2014 it is a movie about a hitman who basically gets a contract and they're in Australia to basically kill these people but it ends up getting botched and there's a whole bunch of like it's a miscommunication sort of like wrong man like misidentity sort of thing of like it feels a lot like a Guy Ritchie movie kind of like snatch in that sense yeah where it's like we're trying to get this thing but this person has it, but we think this person has it, so now we have to go do this, and now we have to murder all these people because the, the hit job was botched, right? Yeah. And it's starring Simon Pegg as like the main hitman, and it's got Luke Hemsworth as like the main guy, and it's got a couple of girls and like some other ancillary characters, and it's a solid hitman movie, like it's not anything to write home about. I think it would work well with Kangaroo Jack because it's, it's a very like mob-focused film where it's sort of like you get these ideas of like, yeah, these people are working with the mob, and it feels like it. One of them could be a sequel to the other, right? Okay, like Simon yeah, Pegg's yeah. character could be the hitman from Kangaroo Jack, and vice Ooh, versa. So it's
1: like an origin story. Yeah, it's like, so it's like yeah, it's an origin story.
0: Or like, but this this movie, like Kangaroo Jack, could definitely be like, all right this hit it's this hitman's origin story and then he finally gets out of prison after being or like he's left for dead in the desert and he comes back and he keeps doing hitman stuff right yeah, yeah. or like or like at the end of this other movie like uh, he somehow miraculously survives to then go into this kangaroo jack movie however you want to watch it right you can think of it either way yeah, But I think that that would be, like, a really fun, like, twofer because it builds on those same things that we liked about Kangaroo Jack where it's, like, it takes the world. It takes the gangster stuff. It takes, like, ah, oh, you've got the serious Michael Shannon character. You've got Christopher Walken. They exist in this world. There's these other hitmen. There's some goofy things going on, but, like, it, it, it like, maybe would kind of, like, balance out the Kangaroo Jackness to make them, like, one decent, you know. <laughs> like, it brings down, you know, Kill Me Three Times a bit. And then brings up Kangaroo Jack a bit to make it sort of like, this is a solid like movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, just like on average, just like a decent
1: experience. Yeah,
0: It was an okay time that we were having. Cool. So I guess with that, what what else do you have anything else on Kangaroo Jack? And if not, what would you rate this on a scale of zero to five snake pluskins? That's a good question. Other than like noticeably bad editing, I think we covered pretty much
1: everything that I, I was thinking about for this movie. Um, I think I'd probably just keep it one point five. Maybe I'd bump it up to a two. I feel nice today. I'll bump it up to a two.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and you know it what? It's funny two. because so you're gonna go from a one point five to a two. I'm actually gonna go from a a two a two to a two point five. I'm only bumping it up because it did have just a certain charm that I wasn't expecting. And like by no means am I just recommending you go out and watch this. But I think that this movie is yeah. definitely there are people out there who would really like this movie or at least enjoy watching it right and i wouldn't necessarily say avoid this movie i think that it got a lot of bad press because it tricked people into watching it because they thought it was a kid's movie about kangaroos Mm -hmm. when in reality it had like a lot of really good fun scenes and a lot of really good world building and a solid friendship story that's like if not like kind of trite anyway it felt decent right it just the bad moments i can't give it anymore like i think if you took the kangaroo out i would probably even put it up to all the way to a three yeah i could see that but yeah. like the solely for the kangaroo and like again like you mentioned a little bit of like the editing was a little bit off like yeah they could have done story beats a little bit better here and there i mm-hmm. think that if you took all that out yeah, it would be solid three yeah but i think 2.5 not the worst movie i've ever seen yeah i mean it's a functioning movie yeah yeah it's like it's like respectable, yeah. It's like it's like your uncle who like is a functioning alcoholic. Like, is he always like is he is he a good person? No, but he's fun to be around sometimes. He's fun to be around, yeah. Like I he mean, gives you underage beers at reunions. I wish he would stop, but I mean he gets on that way, so you know, let
1: him be. It's like he's gonna
0: die an untimely death because his is gonna stop functioning. But like, hey man, that's his business. <laughs> that's his, up to him, dude. All right, cool. Well, I guess if you don't have anything else, we'll we'll stop it there. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.
1: And I wonder if it really was. I think it was always was show business. I think they were pretending to be factories, and it was still show business. I heard myself speaking these terrible corny lines, and I was stuck with $350,000 worth of show, and I had to get on somehow.
0: Plus, at the time, oh, they were real jerks. Plus- Plus, plus, at the time. Really pieces of work. Plus, plus, plus at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Plus, 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 at the time. Did you see Armageddon?
1: I assure you that I would rather have been shot really did, because he was a monster. But they all were, or almost all of them, those guys. He came on as a monster, you know. He snarled at you, you know, like that.
0: Plus, 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 at the time. He
1: was a monster, you know,
0: like that. Plus, 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 at the time. I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast or contact us at MWNspodcast at Protonmail.com. All music used in this episode is produced by Young Karts and used with license.